So uh, this is the first time we're actually doing this in the RNS office. We're back. The name in, has been a lie. <laughs> the, the name has been a lie. We've been doing this from afar. So we're just dealing with a bit of, uh, there's a bit I'm, of lag. So I'm going to go, I'll go outside. Okay. Um, while we're doing that, I'll just run over some little tidbits that our resident rain man, Wayne Bristow, uh, sorted for us. It's on the site as well. Uh, so just looking, it's 160 years, only 34 favourites have won the Melbourne Cup. Ten horses have started less than $3. And only two have won, one being Farlap in 1930 and Revenue in 1901. So I think the interesting thing today, Adam, certainly looking at the Cup, what price do you expect incentivised SP? Uh, good question. I think two to one is the magic number. I'm, I'm calling two to one the magic number. So inside two to one, I don't think there's any huge edge. If there's an edge, I don't see a huge edge. Outside two to one, I think it's a, a pretty decent gamble. So that's where, uh, that's where I've got it pegged. That's where I feel like he'll, he'll loosely settle. But of course, Melbourne Cup day, best totes got to be the way to play. Yeah. Interesting last night at when we're at the Calcutta, talking to a few people. They, best, worst Calcutta. Calcutta at the Irish Club in Canberra. If you haven't been, you're certainly missing out. <laughs> uh, we're lucky enough to, to uh, do the Calcutta with some pretty sharp punters, and they they were confident he'd be five to two on the tote. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's fair. I mean, Melbourne Cup days, obviously, you've got a chance with a, a bit of extra sort of public money in there, chasing numbers and names and things like that to to sort of roll that that sharper market out a little bit and, and give you a chance. Now, with incentivize, how do, I mean, what more can we say, really? He's the horse to beat. Yeah, and I reckon he's a, I'm actually a little bit excited about the, the cup this year and it's all because of him that obviously the whole race sort of swings on, on whether he turns up. If he turns up from a from a ratings point of view, he'll He'll blow them away if he if he turns up and, and runs the two miles. But of course, there's always the the massive chance that the the wheels come flying off. So that that sort of willy wonty element about a horse who has the potential to do something pretty special, I think. I mean, he was he was pretty special in the Caulfield Cup, and there's got to be some decent chance that he's he's out there doing something similar today. If he does, he's he's one for the history books. So yeah, the the will he won't he aspect of of incentivise certainly adds a, a little bit of colour to the race. I'm I'm a little bit um. Yeah, got a bit of the old uh, kid at Christmas feel about it. It's a it's a really fun one just because of him. And I know that below incentivise probably you know take him out from a ratings point of view. It's not a you you could make the case that it's not a strong cup. And on the ratings, maybe it isn't. But there's a lot of horses we know who are. I think the thing is they're improving. They might be a few pounds below, you know, where the ratings nerds would like them to be before they started calling it a strong cup. But a lot of them those ones down the bottom are off wins, they're improving and they're good enough to keep it interesting. So, yeah, I think it's a, um, yeah, I'm going with exciting cup. For sure. Well, it is, as you touched on, any 11 horses have done the Caulfield Cup, Melbourne Cup double. So if he is to win today... You wrote down a lot of those facts there at the Calcutta last night, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, no, I was learning, learning. You've got to <laughs> taking take notes. Take, taking notes. I think, and Fiorente, the last favourite to win in 2013, he did start, I think... Six dollars, I think that day. So it is. It is unusual to see a horse this short, but as you know, we're big on the weight adjusted ratings. It's very rare for a horse at the top of a handicap to be the clear top rater. So yeah, for me, it's a very tricky cup for the. And this is a tricky cup for the the shrewdies and the pundits because he does stand right out on the the figures there. There's 
it's very hard to make a, a clever case away from him. And, yeah. of course, you don't sound clever tipping incentivized, you know. Well, yeah. Thanks, guys. How'd Thanks, guys. Oh, how'd you find that, blah, blah, blah. So it's um, a tricky one for the pundits to sound smart, that's for sure. Yeah, well, I think what uh, you touched on the chink he hasn't. I mean, the only chink, A, he's had a deep prep from Brisbane with only a short break. Uh, know, I, don't think, I think that's a positive. I know, but I'm, <laughs> these are yeah, like, okay. I'm <laughs> what, are, what are people potting with incentivized? All right, so he's had a deep winter and then he's had a short break. The Caulfield Cup run took it out of him and they're going one too many. That's one line of thinking, I'm guessing. Okay. He hasn't I'd, seen, I would strongly disagree with that. Next. <laughs> exactly. And then he hasn't obviously been seen at the trip, but did run the fastest last 200 metres in the Caulfield Cup. Yeah, so, so the, the little case that I've seen made against him that maybe could have some merit is that he's not bred to stay two miles, but that's going to be true of a lot of Melbourne Cup winners that have been locally bred. That's for sure and certain. And and as you say, he's um, have you seen anything in his form over a mile and a half that says he's he's stopping or that he's any less like? I mean, of course we don't know. We don't know, and you don't know that he'll stay two miles and still he t- stays two miles, but. I haven't seen anything at the end of a mile and a half. He's had four runs beyond 2,000 metres. He's won them by 33 lengths. And he didn't look to be um, didn't look to be stopping at the end of the Caulfield Cup. They finished, I got here, 103.5% was the finishing speed at the end of the Caulfield Cup. So uh, he wasn't stopping. He was, um, he was powering away. So I struggled to... Of course, there is the, the great unknown, and, and that's why... <laughs> that's why you might get five to two and, and not four to five this afternoon, I, I suppose. But I'd struggle to see a, outside of the maybe the little breeding angle, which is not my game. No. Um, I struggle to I, see a real <laughs> well, knock there. Yeah, all I'm hearing is there's no real chink, I think. Um, you not, know, cre- not, you, not credible ones. No, I don't, I don't think no. so. I think, it, I think it genuinely is a case of if you're against him, which is very reasonable, you'd it's a, he's a real four and against horse. If you want to be against him, that's great. But I think a lot of what you're against, you're just hoping for the, you know, the great mystery of racing to, to step in, you know, for him to have a bad day. I think that's yeah, that's, that's a lot the danger. Of I feel yeah, and it's all. I mean, it's always a danger with with a bet, yeah. isn't it? And that's why, you know, it doesn't matter that you like the horse. As I I've beat this drum to you all the time. It doesn't matter that you like the horse. All that matters is how much you like the horse and whether you think it's a bet at two to one or hopefully a little bit better. Yeah, I don't think in ter- if you're going to get five to two incentivized on the totes, I don't think you're going to get a better bet very often on what we do. Yeah, yeah I mean, I hope that you would, but at the same time, it seems like a reasonable bet. You know, <laughs> I, you I know, spend a lot of my time looking for better bets. <laughs> yeah, but you, you know what I mean. In terms of a five, oh, to it's two a, it seems a very deep. If you take away the the fact that it's the Melbourne Cup and just treat it like any other race, which obviously you should. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a, he looks like a pretty good two-to-one chance. Yeah, I would say a little better. Yeah. We were talking earlier this morning, if you are going to... Obviously, the trendy chip seems to be floating artist, the unlucky runner. But we were talking this morning, I guess, very elegant, the one we sort of could entertain today. Yeah, I think of those fringe players, she's the one I was saying... Uh, about one o'clock last night, I sat bolt upright and thought, "Hang on a second, it's her. She's she's next. I've been a I've been very wishy washy away from away from the favourite, chopping and changing, chopping and changing. Who I I thought was next. I think that's because away from her, they're very even. I don't think there's a lot between the floating artists, Grand Promenade. Del- I think Delphi's a little bit better than them, but then he ran a 
shocker in a Caulfield Cup, and that's you know history will tell you you don't win Melbourne Cups off running poorly the start before. That's the little knock on Sir Lucan, who I think I fancied for about an hour and a half there on on Sunday afternoon and and moved on. Um, Great House has a, a number that was. Faster than yeah, I it looked to be on Saturday. It looked it looked really good when I looked before, and you've obviously poured over that a few times, no doubt. Yeah, that I mean, I, it's hard to escape that that time was was pretty quick. That horse is, um, you know, the Hotham winner is is always in there with fifty kilos and and looks a chance, so he does again. And yeah, as I said, the time looks fast, and if you sort of find it hard to believe that the the wet track. Benchmark seventy-eight miler from the winter is now a chance in a Melbourne Cup. You, you can sort of filter him for runs since he's gone beyond two thousand meters, and things look a lot brighter. He's got a really good record beyond two thousand meters, and he's—you could make the case that it, as a stayer, he's lightly raced and, and exciting. And, and Charlie Rose, of course, is is in that mould as well. But I think they all tie in to say there's very little between all of those horses. And the other one in that betting bracket is is very elegant, who is much much better than them. Obviously, she's got to carry a bit more weight, there'd be a case that the grounds are a little bit too firm for, for her ideal, but that's all. that all looks well and truly factored into the price. And she's got the awful barrier, but she's got the, the best job to, to offset that to, to some extent. So, yeah, I think if you're getting up towards 20 to 1 her, she's probably not the horse to take the tote. She might have a few fans on mm. on the old tote there, very elegant. But um, if they're, I think I saw on the fair this morning, they're nudging out towards $19, and I'll probably nibble away at, at a little bit of that because... I think as well, if she had a more economical run, she's in the finish of the Cox Plate. The two that came clear in the Cox Plate had, were the two that had the most efficient runs. And I think the margins there were a little bit flattering in, in the end. They were the two that, yeah, as I said, they ran the most even and efficient races. They cut the corner. They got through. She went round. She ran the, I think, I think she ran the best 800, 600 of the race, but then just died last 400, 200. But the other thing is, if you're, if you're into the old historical profile, the, the horse that comes off the Cox Plate run like that is, um, there is, yeah, your fair, that, there is your Fiorente, there is your Green Moon or your Efficient. Like those horses are, yeah. they're dynamite. So, um, look, it's a, it's not an easy ask for her, but I think there's enough juice in that price. And she's around those horses that she's, um, I mean, you talk about floating artists has become the trendy alternative. <laughs> he was unlucky in the Mooney Valley Cup. Yeah. And he was. I, I mean, unlucky. That was bad. Unlucky. He should have won, won three. <laughs> but if he, if he wins, he's just, yeah, he's, he's just the old Grand Promenade, yeah. isn't he? And, the what, same price. and very elegant would have absolutely cartwheeled over those. So, yeah, there's that little... I mean, she's got to give him weight, obviously. It's a handicap and it's blah, blah, blah. But, no, I, I want to make a case for her away from the away from the favourite. I think the interesting thing with very elegant, if you look at her preparation to this point, knowing that, you know, if you look at it as in she was being aimed as the Cox Plate was the grand final, you'd say, you know, not disappointing, but you'd expected more. But if the sole target this prep has always been the Melbourne Cup, she's mm. tracking as well as anything in the race. It's got a bit of a Wallace stench about it, doesn't it? Yeah, I reckon he's given us the old one too. She was always, yeah, I mean, well, obviously we'll know today, how, you know, depending how she runs, but, you well, know, they've kept was, her um, short of, we get to see her beyond. Like, we've never seen her, like, in the Melbourne Cup last year, she's got too far back, but she was still very good there. And then now she possibly, like, I was surprised how... She settled in front of three back. horses last year. Yeah, yeah, and finished seventh. She was terrific. Her late splits were outstanding, yeah. You know, the other thing is that she's, um, she won the Tancred and she beat the Ebor horse. Uh, what's his name? Worcester Gear? Yeah. Smashed his absolute brains in. Ebor horse usually is, you know, given some sort of hope in a Melbourne Cup. And that day, 
the further they went, the stronger she got, and she just smashed them for stamina. And I, and then she stayed on well from too far back in the Melbourne Cup. I think she, I think two miles is, if it's not, um, you know, better, it's at least as, as suitable to her as, as 2,400 metres. So I think it's a, yeah, I think it's a, a pretty good spot for her. She just needs, she just needs not to lose sight of the bunny from, from the wide draw. And we know that the, the stable, uh, you know, allow themselves to be completely dictated to by barriers, but maybe with, um, with the gun jock on, he's um he's got a little bit more swagger than whoever does the form for the yard. Yeah, surely James has a go today. Just poke up and find, you know, just poke up midfield. and get lucky. Just go and get lucky. Yeah. I mean, the speed's around him, right? Like, surely... Yeah, yeah, he should be able to just tail in, in you go, into the running line, teal her out. Yeah. I mean, you put really, the crosshairs on Preble and hope you can get there. Yeah. Sounds pretty easy to me. I don't know what these guys are talking about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you said for a long time she's bred to get over fences. So yeah, I mean, this is a she hasn't really had many opportunities, you know, at a at a staying trip since you know she was a filly really. And the times that we have seen her, she's been very good. So well, she shut the door on a Epsom Derby winner in a Caulfield Cup, and she ran really, really well in a Melbourne Cup. So. Uh, might as well ask you what can you tell us obviously about the internationals Spanish mission obviously you know well in the market yeah he's sort of was hard against him when he was clear second pick and, and single figures that didn't look right I think he's starting to fade out to you know, a more appropriate more appropriate spot for him so he's around the he's around the sort of horse that typically doesn't win but runs fourth fifth I think he's got form around the you know, subjectivist was awesome in that that gold cup and, and even in Dubai. So he's got, you know, you'd, if he's not the best star in the world, it's through Shan and Stradivarius has passed his best these days. And that's probably my little knock as well. That was a exciting race last time, but it was tactical, slowly run cat and mouse job with four horses. And he, he ended up being edged out by Stradivarius, who I think is a shell of, of what he once was. And I was never as big on Stradivarius as everyone else is anyway. So I suppose I, I do tend to be a little bit harsh on these horses because I bet over there and I pigeonhole them a little yeah. bit. So <laughs> if they're not if they're not 130, you don't want to hear about them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I probably need to be a little bit kinder than I, I tend to be. But um, I think he's no better than a fringe chance. And even if it's nothing, I mean, he's, I would think that he would need at a career best and probably with a bit of interest on top. And there he is off a potentially a, a little setback and things. I mean, I'm not... I'm not vibing a, a new career best. I don't think he's a better horse than Twilight Payment, put it that way, and I don't think he's a better chance than Twilight Payment. Yeah, you were saying last night you think Twilight Payment's going as good, if not better, going into the Cup this year? Yeah, that was a, a fast Irish ledger last time, and, and he stuck really, really well. So, yeah, I think it's a case of if that wasn't as at least as good as the you know the Cup winner, it's probably even a little bit better. So, I mean, he's eight, but he's, he's thriving, and, yeah, I, I'd give him a... A little hope, although there seems to be plenty of pressure around, and he got an absolute gem last year to to win it. So, um, and he probably got a, to be honest, he got used really efficiently there as well in the in the Irish Ledger. So he, he probably can't go. He's going so well that he couldn't go any better, and that might be a knock if that makes sense. And I guess lastly, what what do you think is the plan for Preble on incentivise? Is there one? Uh, I think he would. Um, I think you go the full Pablo Picasso. You've got to have an idea, but keep it a vague one. I yeah. think he'll he'll want to be positive early without wanting to to 
to rush and just let, you know, the whole trick for him is going to be spend the first 2,000 metres making sure the horses, well, first and foremost, in the race and well positioned. But I think even more importantly for him will be that he's, he's got the horse breathing and, and moving comfortably and, and using himself well because if he gets around to sort of the 800 metre mark and he's, you know, he hasn't, um, he hasn't overdone it and he's, he's flowing through the race and then he gets a chance to, you know, use his assets and use his strength. Well, I mean, that's, that's the whole race, isn't it? From there, Preble just has to figure out how high he wants to stand in the iron. Yeah. And I'm hoping it's real high. I'm hoping it's real high. I'm hoping it's a hundred out. The, um, <laughs> go yeah, full Abdullah. He doesn't want to go. So you think in the Melbourne Cup, essentially? No, that's it. Well, I mean that's the that's where it can. <laughs> is that a I mean, danger? It's is the it exciting I don't thing as a fan, is. isn't it? Like it could, this is where it could go one way or the other. If he goes past the winning post, like so, you think the first time where he went past the winning post, you thought, oh no, he's gone. The young bulls up and about here, but incentivizes. He's a year older, isn't he? And he's um. He's a year older. He's a he's a gelding. He might be a little bit more relaxed than than so you think was. I always remember I was at the valley standing in the tunnel when so you think came out and they couldn't get Daryl to shut up. He was, <laughs> oh, he was um yeah he was a he was on his toes that day as well. So you think so he could get a little bit um he was a colt and he was a he had a bit of strut about him and he didn't mind getting up and about. Whereas you'd think incentivized might not be um might not be quite the same horse and might be a bit easier just to. To get him relaxed, smaller crowd as well, so you know potentially a not as not as buzzy a sort of day for horses, which might be a, a bit of a win for him. And I suppose lastly, that that's enough on the cup. You got anything else to say? No, not really. I think my uh, my text message horse. So anyone who messages me for a tip is getting Skyman. We we did a little three minute audio snippet yesterday, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll tip I'll tip Skyman, and then I started speaking for our audio thing and I realised that all I was doing was quoting negatives for him. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, this sounds <laughs> so what am I, you know, talking away there and I thought, actually, what am I doing here? But the little inside barrier and the, the fact that there might not be a, a strong pace are little worries for him, but I, I think he should be favourite Skyman. I think if he can get himself out of there and, and get flying, it's not a big deal either. So they're only, my negatives are, uh, are only minor and, and my positives are that he's a, um, He's a good horse with a bigger run in him. He's, he's, um, as I said, he's got into muddling run races over and over again in this preparation, and all he wants is just to, to flow through the gears a little bit. And his his splits are telling me that there's there's more to come. Before we go, as well, there's a good race in Perth, isn't there? Have you had a look at that? Can you give Can you give everyone a a flyer in Perth after the the last? The, the Burgess Queen Stakes, obviously the feature. The Search and Rocks won. Pretty well first up. She sort of built all her form on wet track uh, during, you know, late July. And then she's come up there and beat Iterade, who is certainly a horse to follow for Simon Miller. Um, they went far too quickly in that lead up over 1,200 and it was left the sitting shot for Searching Rocks. The Williams horse has come up favourite, Treasure Star, was sent uh, out really short. This is the one, you know. Yeah, take, okay. No, I know that yeah. name. Yep. Yeah. So this is the one they take to the midweeks and then they generally, it's funny, they're lesser chances they run in the early features and they're better ones they sort of bring in later in terms of they try and jag the black type, I guess, with their lesser horses and then the better ones are the ones waiting in the wings. And yeah. now... So this one's Arcadia Queen. Yeah, this is the one. <laughs> um, I mean, this is, it's so funny how quickly markets change. So this horse, 
Like it wasn't that long ago that I remember like when KC won the Kingston Town, this race had already been run and won and she was still 50 in the Kingston Town. Now, Treasured Star has won a midweek. Admittedly, a nice, a nice win. She's a nice horse, but she is, I think, $5 to win the Kingston Town. Like, it insane. is insane. It is insane. <laughs> like, I used, to, I used to love this because you'd find the filly. How many rolls uh, on the board for the Cerise? Oh, it is sickening. <laughs> like, uh, she's, like, Western Empire is $4. And anyone who didn't oh, yeah, see cool. him return on, on the weekend, like, he is. I'll be surprised if they beat him this prep and she's five dollars. Like it's yeah, it's insane. It's My insane. old mate Regal Power's still humming along over there too. Yeah, well he's eleven dollars and I'd have to say he's probably more likely uh, He ran well first up. Yeah, he did. He did. Um so yeah, there's no unfortunately this year there's nothing really um in terms of trying to find I was hoping that Treasure Star wouldn't be favoured but I mean I'm an idiot of course it's going to be it's drawn the middle for Pike and this turned out to be a much more interesting question than I thought it was going to be because I only just skimmed it and I saw that there was a listed Phillies race and I saw the time figure horse from the other day was in it I didn't realise that Treasured Star was in it <laughs> yeah, yeah who was the time figure horse with the starts with B oh Bazoom yeah she's yeah. in there so she's not yeah. it's she's, um it all got too hard for her real quick yeah. No, no, no. She's there. She's won her last two going into it. Oh, okay. So she's in the market? Yeah, in the market. I suppose the problem for her is she's, uh, like, she's safeguarded. I'm not sure. Like, she's won a 1,400, but I'm not sure she could win at this level, 1,400. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's a good race. There seems to be um, – the trick when making money in Perth is you actually got to find one that's not in the Cerise and White. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which, I mean, I wouldn't talk you out of back in Searching Rocks. She was a really good win first up. So – Drawing to get a good run again, and you're going to get a price because Treasured Star's there. 240 is, you know, I think pretty rock bottom odds. She's obviously better, I think, than what we've seen, but the market is certainly <laughs> indicating that as well. So. Not taking any risk. No, no, which is, um, I mean, it's interesting though, like as, a, as we touched on Western Empire, he was sort of 230, 240 all the way through, and then they bet five to two at the death. Um, and the horse they backed, uh, Kiss on All Four Cheeks, went forward. It was completely bizarre. Um, and then Pike just landed one one and kicked the heads in. So uh, interesting to see, like the early. I have noticed the early markets in Perth sometimes, like it doesn't really matter until the last sort of five ten minutes. I mean, you can say that about any market, but yeah. I feel that there are mistakes and they just hang there until the betting actually begins. So it will be interesting to see. I think they will back Searching Rocks. I'll be surprised if they don't back it a beater. Well, now all your uh, legion of fans will. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm backing Treasure Star. I'm just hoping to get a better price. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> one two. All right. The one. No, I, I'm surprised she's two forty. I want two to one. Yeah. Okay. Whether I get it though, that's the that's the other question. But we'll see. I wish I had a tip you in Ramwick, but there's actually been forty four scratchings. So almost ah, good. as many as many scratchings today as what they ran at Canterbury last week. So <laughs> um, yeah, the the filly that um, Espanonia is it the Waller filly? Oh yeah, she in today. Is she. No, she was going to, and now she's scratched and running Oaks Day. I think she's even money favourite down there. So oh, we'll be interesting to see. Yeah, okay. Because yeah. okay. it was yeah. wet that day. Were you able to get a gauge? Like she's obviously um, pretty good. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I remember I know who she is, and I know who she is yeah. because she would have run a figure that made me go, I know who you are now. So, yeah, that's, <laughs> no, that's she's, she's good. Yeah. That's pretty much how I know now in Sydney. If I ask you a horse and you know who it is, I'm like, oh, it did run well. 
<laughs> good guy. Well, I'm glad I could be a filter for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she's um she's very interesting. Um, oh, and lastly, who's the world back favourite that's going to flame up? There's always one on Cup Day. Good question. I thought Profiteer was probably somewhere in line to to be that horse. I see there's um heavily backed the the Godolphin horse Bacchanalia, who's gelded, and you've told me it's uh trial well and I've told you that I thought it was a 1400 metre horse that in a fast thousand down the straight would get left behind but um, seems the, the punters are with you Yeah, I mean the overs got will take care of that, no doubt I thought it was going to be like a sneaky uh, and then it's obviously not the only one who found it and it wasn't hard to find. I think that what they've done with this race is you're still irky on Profiteer. You've got really no idea on NSR and you're like, oh, what's the next horse? Oh, yeah. a gelded a gelded Godolphin that's trialled well. I think that's yeah. all that's happened really. So I reckon Profiteer is one of those ones where he feels like a sucker bet. So when you um, when you first skim it, you go, oh, jeez, I've got to be against it. Like, oh, he's the mug bet. Mm. And then the more I looked at it, the more I thought, gee whiz, they've just put this on a tee for him. Skip, yeah, skipping the Coolmore and coming here, like it's – it's D-Day and then some. And they're a smart enough stable that I feel like they'll, yeah, he might be the the mug bet. It's either a free kick or he's gone. Yeah, well, it'll be very interesting to see which way he goes with the, with the market on, on race day. I suppose he's, you know, I don't know. I don't know which way he would. I think he's about 250 at the moment and I have no idea which I way mean, he goes. Enthar's like I hate when people say fascinating, but she is today. <laughs> no, she is as well. And I mean maybe that's as you say, that's that's maybe why people have got to to back an Alia, just a case of well, Profiteer feels all feels muggy. Who knows with Enthar? She's had a belated start to the, the spring now and entered and missed, entered and missed and the last time we saw her the wheels came flying off her and she, she did it all wrong in, in the blue diamond and so if, you, if you're not with them, you've got to be with something and it's a pretty even lot away from them. It's a little bit like the day when they decided that Nature Strip was a lay, but there was nothing else <laughs> back. So they've uh, written beauty to beat beauty. Nature Strip and Edward. <laughs> I know. Uh, that's going to be, I reckon that's probably one of the most bizarre SPs you'll see. One of the all-time SPs. There you go. Yeah. It's a world-class sprinting SP. She's a listener, yeah. really. I know. And she's now, she's been ripped <laughs> off for with Walla now. Yeah, oh, well, maybe maybe now she'll turn into the um, 124-rated mare that she was back to be that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, um, oh, well, that'll do. I yeah, that's the, Yeah. The interesting yeah, race yeah. for me, like from a Sydney perspective, is obviously April Rain B promises success because for me, I don't think there's really anything between them and J-Mac chooses promise of success and hence the market chooses him uh, yeah. as well. But I don't actually think there's a lot. Maybe he them. got um, maybe he got de-choosed from April Rain from last they boot, yeah. Well, I mean, fair point. It was a. <laughs> you ever de-choose the J Mac? Yeah, I mean, inside draw. If you hold I a mean, grudge, it, you might. Yeah, <laughs> I think the hard thing for me, promise success, like she's obviously impressive last start, but then the start before she's been turned at shorts, and I don't know. For me. The one time we've seen her on a good track here, she was disappointing at odds on, and now she's going to, you know, get that at Flemington today. I, yeah, I'd be very cautious about backing her today. There's a, I mean, um, there's a hip bet in that. I'll sign off. There's a trendy bet in that. It's the Dabbing Horse Energy Within. No luck, Geelong. Awesome splits at Mornington. Said that she was, she had, little carnival race written all over her that day at Mornington, and and now she gets to it. So said no luck, Geelong. Good split. Something to bet on.
There we go. We'll leave it at that. Cheers, All guys. Right. Enjoy the Melbourne Cup. See ya.